Welcome to Dig In, the podcast brought to you by Dig Insights. Every week, we interview founders, marketers, and researchers from innovative brands to learn how they're approaching their role and their category in a clever way. Welcome back to this week's episode of Dig In. It's going to be a great one. We're here today with Katie Curry, who's the founder of Toodaloo, um, which is a trail mix brand with some of the coolest packaging I've ever seen, female founded. Katie, how are you doing? Doing so good. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. We're so happy to have you. Um, I'm going to dive right in because we've got tons of questions for you today. Uh, before before you kind of started Toodaloo, can you give us a little bit of background about, you know, what you were up to or what was going on um, and maybe what your, your background was um, yeah. prior to being a founder of a business? Yeah, I'll give you guys kind of the origin story. Um, my background really is, since I was a kid, was just an infatuation with food. Like I loved food of all kinds and so much so that I've always had a like a challenging relationship with my my health my weight I uh was really overweight as a kid and you know this is common throughout my family having some kind of health issue because we just loved food way too much and not the healthy food like the processed foods the microwavable foods um so my mom what was to- your like go- what was your go-to as a kid what was your go-to snack I'll never forget the day I had like four uncrustable PB and J's back to back, an entire bag of hot Cheetos, and then frosting literally just by the spoonful <laughs> out of the jar. Like I'm obviously not hungry at that point. It was just an emotional experience, but that's totally you know, that's what happens with those kinds of foods. They're they're formulated in the laboratory to hijack your brain and your taste buds and just go berserk. And I fell prey to that, you know from a young age, which is good times. Can't do that anymore, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, so I kind of always had this, you know, unhealthy relationship with food. And, you know, if I was sad, I would eat, if I was upset, I would eat. And that's how, how it was in my family. And I didn't really understand how to take care of myself until one random summer when I went to summer camp and, you know, I was able to, be outside and experience life and farming and and healthy eating. I sort of learned how to kind of take care of myself from there and fell in love with the world of healing. Um, And so in college, I went on to study environmental sustainability because I was just so emphatic about the outdoors and, you know, really learned about the healing powers of plant-based nutrition for the planet and then also started to like tinker and explore into the, um, the healing properties of plant-based nutrition for the body. And when I learned that it was something that could, you know, prevent climate change and also heal people who have diabetes, heart, heart failure, um, excuse me, uh, congestive heart failure, or just overweight and so many of these like illnesses that we face in, in our lives, in my family particularly, I was like, this is just a no-brainer. Um, we should be practicing this and, you know, we could all heal ourselves instead of suffering. And I didn't really know what to do with that until quarantine of 2020 hit the, like the first one when we were all scared of germs and like Clorox bleaching our Amazon packages and all that good stuff. Um, I found myself just throwing everything I knew about healing that I had learned over the de- past decade and was resorting back to those old coping mechanisms of just binge eating everything 
And one of the things I happened to be gorging on was like a family sized bag of trail mix. You know, the ones that are from like the super store, super grocery stores. Yeah. Like Costco or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. M&Ms and peanuts and refined oils, refined sugars, dairy. And I, I remember looking on the back of the ingredients and the, it was like, how could they fit this many ingredients in <laughs> nuts and a couple of M&Ms? It was just wild to me. And in that moment, I kind of got angry because I felt like, you know, not only are we kind of stuck in this inside world and it's really scary, but we're being fed poisonous snacks that are marketed as healthy. And, you know, they're not, they're not good for the planet. They're using GMO ingredients and there's polluting packaging. And so all these things and having watched almost every episode of Shark Tank and every podcast, how I built this, I've always been coming up with like random ideas, but there's always one theme throughout most successful businesses that I saw on there is that they found like an untapped category and they've reinvented it or reimagined it. And that's sort of where I saw an opportunity in trail mix because it's all the same. It's either peanuts and M&Ms and all the chemicals, or it's kind of just plain and boring. So it was ready for some, some new, new looks. Yeah, that's super cool. I mean, we'll get a little bit more into the actual like the the trail mix um flavors and, and kind of what you're doing there in a bit but I mean it sounds like it's such a it's so interesting to hear someone who comes from quite a unique background um you know jump starting into an entrepreneurial role in consumer packaged goods or in the food space um what has that experience been like for you in terms of transitioning into a full-time entrepreneur it is the scariest, most exciting and educational experience I've had in my life so far. I mean, I we joke about the days when we could just clock in and clock out of like work before yeah. and now that does not exist. Like if you want to have more time, don't start a business because the <laughs> entire it, it encompasses all of you. And but the the beautiful thing is because I'm extremely passionate about what I'm doing and I believe in our mission that it doesn't feel, it feels, it doesn't feel like work per se. I mean, at times it sh certainly does, but for the most part, I feel like I'm excited to be doing what I'm doing. Um, and it's been, every day is a new, a new lesson. Every day is a new job that we are learning we have to do, you know? I think in a, in a previous conversation we had, we talked about, we kind of touched on this idea of like female entrepreneurship and like what it means to be a female founder and I always kind of struggle with that question a little bit because, you know, you're a founder uh, and classifying you as like a female founder kind of puts you into like a different or like a subcategory to some extent that I don't even know is, is necessary. But I feel like I'd love to have like a really honest chat with you. Like, do you like that question? Like, what is your experience as a female founder? Do you kind of resent that question? Um, I'm sure you get asked it a lot. Yeah, it's actually something that is always brought up in conversation in any, you yeah. know, any interview or any um, conversation with a retailer. And, you know, when I learned about how few women are in entrepreneurial roles or how, for example, you know, women are paid less, I, I, I actually enjoy that it's being called out because now we're paying attention okay. to it, the, the uh, discrepancies and the inequalities. And I agree with you, like we're a founder, man, woman, he, she, they, whatever. It's all the same talent and it's all the same drive. 
but I do, I think I do appreciate calling it out, calling it, calling attention to it. And it's something that's really beautiful. I mean, in Austin, there's this group of women that I like I met that are all founders of small food business and food businesses rather. And it's so inspiring. And we're like, you know, like little girl gang. And um, (laughs) there's just a lot of innovation in the food space. And I think women are particularly motivated to change some social aspect tied to the food space, which is really cool. Like, it seems like everyone wants to make, make the world around them a little bit better. And I think, you know, women have a little bit more sentiment or a little bit more heart in certain areas. So I, I actually do enjoy it. Good. Yeah. That makes total sense. How did you meet these, this like band of women that has become your little girl gang? I love that. Yeah. They, so there's a, a lot of founder events and like business events in Austin. So this was a, uh, an event that Tido put together um, and they're like a plugin that uh, works with Shopify. Um, I actually don't know exactly what they do to be completely it, <laughs> but okay. they, <laughs> they hosted this like networking event in Austin and there was like 30 different founders of com- different companies of various sizes, all just talking about their challenges and what business is like for them. And we kind of, you know, would people would share their experience and other people could offer insight. And so there was a lot of resource exchange and it was a really beautiful space. And I met uh, three or four of my other amazing founders at that event and it was wonderful. So we meet up, we meet up about once a month and, and uh, share, share our lives. I feel like that community aspect would be really important. Um, It's probably hard enough, you know, starting out a business on your own, being able to share the experience with people who are kind of going through something similar would be, would be really nice. Um, Okay. I'm going to ask you a little bit about Toodaloo now. So the actual, the actual brand and, and the product um, I referenced, it's one of the coolest packaging. It's some of the coolest packaging I've ever seen, but talk to us about the actual trail mix and, um, the flavor profiles and wow, this is a triple barrel question and the packaging. Like, how did you come up with the design and the marketing? Okay, let's do this. Um, <laughs> so when it comes to creating the product itself, you know, we really wanted to create the most healing product. And the goal is to show that business can be a force of positive change for the for the human, for our bodies, for our health, our mental and physical health, but also for the planet. So we started with ingredients first and kind of were like, where at every piece can we offer healing ingredients or something that serves a function? So we use sprouted nuts and seeds, which is much easier for your body to digest. It actually removes the enzyme inhibitors that are on raw nuts and seeds, which can cause a lot of bloating or inflammation in people. So that's really exciting. It's not really seen in almost any other trail mix. Um, And we also um, have adaptogenic herbs infused with each and every flavor. And we actually started kind of there by picking particular herbs that supported a similar function in the body so that each flavor kind of is supportive of a function. So for example, we have a maple flavor called Slow Your Roll and they all have like little cheeky names that go with them. And that that flavor is a maple flavor. It's like slightly sweet and it's supposed to promote relaxation and a happy mood. And the herbs used all sort of support that same function. So there's ashwagandha, reishi, makuna. So that's just one flavor. And then we have another flavor, which I think you you said you uh, were able to grab at Summer Hill. 
And that's the called turning heads and it's a cacao flavor. And it has botanicals that support skin health and adaptogens that support skin health. So each and every flavor was sort of centered around these adaptogens. And then we pulled in ingredients that could further support. So there's almonds, you know, blueberries, coconut chips, that kind of thing. Um, and, a, you know, our favorite part is the little clusters that come in the maple and the cacao flavor. Because when you pick it up, you kind of get everything you need in one bite. So we're really, really pumped because we created really tasty flavors that are made just from whole real foods. Like you're not going to find red 40 or, you know, hydrolyzed whey pro whatever, like these man-made chemicals, you're never going to find them in our snacks. And um, my personal favorite part is that we support a healing a healing modality for the planet, which is regenerative agriculture with every purchase. So whenever someone buys a variety pack, for example, on our website, we partner with the Rodale Institute, which is this huge institution in, um, in America that's been around probably for 50 years. And they were the OGs of the organic movement. And now they're heading the regenerative organic movement, which is a type of farming practice that can clean our water, clean our air, fight climate change. So we partner with them. And so that every purchase trans transitions a hundred square feet of polluted farmland to uh, regenerative farming system. So that's really exciting. Um, we have plastic neutral packaging. So at every piece of business, we're trying to make sure that it's the most healing it can be rather than like a, a business that's harmful for us. Um, and so we're really excited. And then the packaging, oh my gosh, the packaging. I, I love, I love our packaging and it's, it's brought so many <laughs> opportunities for us. And, you know, I, I cannot take credit for the way that it looks. Yeah. We thankfully hired the most amazing design agency called Here For Studios based out of Oahu. And we were able to come to them with these like basically chicken scratch and these ideas like we want to elicit a sort of Woodstock nostalgic vibe. We want like a really groovy logo. We want, you know, um, crystals. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I literally wrote crystals must have, and, and, you know. <laughs> My dog Orion's on the back of the packaging on the barcode because he was my little partner in crime during quarantine making the snacks. So they were able to work with us. And after a few rounds, we got we got literally the most perfect packaging I could ever ask for. So we got lucky there. So cool. I mean, the the blessing and the curse of asking you to answer like 47 questions all at once is that I now have like a million questions to ask back, but Okay, so when I, I don't think I actually realized the way that you had structured the flavors around the, I'm going to get the word wrong, adaptogenic herbs. Yeah, yeah. you got it. it. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think I, I actually knew that. That's so interesting. And then it aligns with the naming. Like I'm wondering what kind of came first in terms of how did you, did you decide that you wanted a specific array of flavors or did you decide you know I want to feature these herbs and how did you know what kind of herbs you wanted to feature like what did that process look like yeah so during quarantine I really dove into plant-based nutrition I became certified in plant-based nutrition and in that study of plant-based nutrition I also learned about Ayurvedic medicine and in Ayurvedic medicine and also in many other cultures they use herbs not just to flavor the food but to serve a 
like a healing function. So they use these herbs in everyday life. And I was thinking, why don't our foods have healing herbs, especially snacks? Snacks, I've never, like, it's so rare. I mean, now we're seeing seeing an emergence in like CPG and like it's trending now, but for, for decades before I was like, there's, why don't we have these in our snack foods? And I thought, wow, what if we lived in a world where everything we ate served a function? Like not only did it taste good, but it was healing for us. So adaptogenic herbs were the first key point, honestly. Um, And so when I, yeah, so when I, when I knew I had that piece, then it became what flavors taste good with these herbs, because some of them are legitimately disgusting. And like, (laughs) you need to have um, something that is strong enough to mask it, like cacao or, um, you know, certain types of of like maple flavors, for example. So it's definitely, it was definitely the herbs and function first. And then like, let's, how can we make this taste good? Cause there were some, oh girl, there were some iterations of our flavors that were (laughs) not great and they are sent to the dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) And walk me through where you are when you're tasting those. Are you like in your kitchen, like standing (laughs) over the sink, like in the hopes that it tastes good? Or are you in a lab? Like for anyone who would want to start a business like this, like, what does that process look like? You know what? Honestly, you know, when you're like a little kid and you have like a microphone that you think is a microphone, but it's really your hairbrush and you're like on the yeah. stage in your mind. That's literally what I created in quarantine out of my kitchen. Like I bought a dehydrator on Amazon and I just pretended I was in this like magnificent laboratory. <laughs> And so the beginning stages of Toodaloo were really in that romanticized like laboratory kitchen. And then, you know, then came the next part. Once I had this idea and the structure and like, you know, this concept, then I had to find someone who could actually make it, which is really challenging. When you're, when you have a product or a prototype that you make in your kitchen, you now you have to find someone who has the tools or the, you know, capacity or the, like the boundaries that you're able to work with to bake your product. And so I called probably, probably 12 different manufacturers to find the right one who could make the products the way that I wanted with sprouted nuts and seeds and dehydrating and use the use of adaptogenic herbs. And so once I found him, then these recipes that I had, you know, thought of in quarantine, we were able to actually like enhance and put into uh, scale in a way that could be mass produced. And so they're so much better now than they were in my kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Very cool. And in terms of the flavors and deciding how many to launch and kind of what that range would look like, obviously dig, we do a lot of strategy and research work with, um, CPG companies. So they'll often come to us, um, in, you know, really early stages of trying to decide on, you know, flavors and scents and all of those things to try and figure out, you know, what they should prioritize. Was there any element of consumer research or focus grouping to kind of get to a sense? Or was it literally like these, I have so much, um, I have so much, what's the word I'm looking for? I feel so confident that these are going to work that I'm just going to go ahead and roll them out. Like, what did that, what did that look like? I, um, I wish we had done focus groups. That would have been, that would have been smart. We didn't do any of that. We kind of just <laughs> like, we were like, this tastes awesome. And so, you know, we wanted to make sure that we had just a few SKUs to work with because it would be insane if we had eight, 12, I think right out the bat. So we really wanted to prove out the concept first. And so we tried to hit 
every flavor profile like that we could. So every flavor profile is different. Like there's barbecue, maple, cacao, spicy. And, and it kind of just, it kind of just happened came together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just kind of came together that way. Um, yeah. Okay. Very cool. And then packaging, marketing, branding. So you said, you know, you worked with this agency out of Hawaii or out of Oahu, which is super cool. Um, how did you decide that they were the right one? Like, how did you kind of know that they were the right people to kind of give such an important um, piece of your marketing to? Yeah, we interviewed with a few different agencies and they were sort of, you know, a smaller group, which I think we all felt more comfortable with. They had, you know, they just had the time and the understanding of what we were trying to achieve willing to work with us. And, you know, we almost went with a huge design company and I'm so glad we didn't because we didn't know ourselves that well yet. So we really needed someone to work in a collaborative environment with us. And that's exactly what the agency we worked with was like. And, you know, we just kind of went off, off of the vibe of our, you know, time together. And it was such a positive one. Um, so I think finding an agency that really understands you and that's smaller was really I think is really helpful when you're just starting out and it was certainly helpful for us and they're just like killer designers. So yeah, <laughs> yeah the portfolio was really good. <laughs> I imagine that that was really tough, um, but I, it, it's obviously worked out amazingly well. We'll make sure to feature, like we'll send people to your website so they can see um, what the packaging looks like, because I feel like we're really like drumming it up right now. I'm like, it's the best <laughs> packaging I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they did. They just knocked it out of the park. You know, part of like what we wanted to create with Tutaloo was just this, all like this other universe where all things were possible. And you could literally say Tutaloo to all of the harm of the past in the food industry. So we wanted to create this like euphoric, like, you know, whimsical worlds that people could start to just feel good when they encountered the branding. And that's like the first step of, you know, the healing journey is like actually feeling good and excited about it, you know? Yeah. I think we also talked about this last time we chatted, but um, there's so much going on right now with you, you mentioned it before, regenerative agriculture. Um, and I, <laughs> I, you said a couple of things last time we talked that kind of blew my mind. Like I just had no idea how, what regenerative agriculture was, um, how impactful plant-based eating can be. And I kind of just want to give you a bit of a platform right now to talk a little bit about, you keep talking about the healing journey, like what, what is the power of eating plant-based or um, maybe it's, maybe you want to touch on regenerative agriculture and um, drop a stat or um, a piece of knowledge that people wouldn't wouldn't otherwise know about but I kind of just want to give you the platform to blow other people's minds right now oh okay we might be here for a while so I'll try, yeah. <laughs> I'll try, to, I'll try to, this is my favorite thing to talk about so in college when I was studying environmental sustainability I learned this one sentence that has captivated my heart ever since so they say according to the Rodale Institute which is you know I learned about them in college and now we partner with them they say in one tablespoon of fertile soil, there's over a hundred million to 1 billion different microorganisms in that one tablespoon. That is insane. And, and why that blows my mind is because, you know, we trip out over the cosmos, 
but there's an entire like microscopic like universe underneath our feet. And these little guys are what are responsible for healthy soil. So those little critters actually help sequester carbon dioxide and keep carbon dioxide in the soil. And carbon is actually not the enemy. There's just too much of it in the atmosphere. And what we don't know is that soil is a carbon sink. Like it is made and it functions and it thrives and it's sustainable and regenerative, like it regenerates itself when it has carbon. And this is interesting because our current farming, farming systems are called conventional farming systems. It's what's practiced on probably 95% of farms across the country. And I'm not sure about the world statistic, but it's one of the most practiced forms of farming. And it inherently destroys the ecosystems that those microorganisms need to survive. And we need those microorganisms because we need carbon in the soil. So when we till the soil, when we spray pesticides and herbicides, we're literally just like kicking and breaking up their homes and just like, like uh, uh, you know, what's the word when you get evacuated from your, your apartment, when you're kicked out and your landlord sent you um, back in? Oh my gosh, what is that word? What is that word? It, we're doing that to them. We're pushing I know them. what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're pushing, I know what you mean. pushing them out of their homes. And and it's it's not sustainable. Like they say we're going to run out of soil, we're gonna run out of topsoil in the next 50 years, which means we won't be able to grow food on it. But this is what is the kicker. Regenerative agriculture is something that heals the soil. It restores fertility to the soil. And they do this by just returning back to the ways that indigenous people have been farming for like millennia, like for as long as farming has existed. Indigenous people practice a practice regenerative agriculture, which is, you know, there's a few different pieces to it, but they don't till the soil. So they don't like break it up. They don't use for herbicides, pesticides, and these like toxic chemicals. They, you know, there's a, uh, there's a, a few different principles that they follow. Um, and it sequesters carbon dioxide, it cleans our water, it cleans our air, it promotes biodiversity. So there, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this movie called Big, Big Little Farm, or Biggest Little Farm, where they regenerate 200 acres of farmland, and it turns into this oasis where there's butterflies and like all kinds of critters and, wow. and, and hundreds of different types of fruits and vegetables that all live and coexist in this harmonious like like beautiful landscape and that's so different from the monocrop fields of GMO corn wheat and soy that we see across America where people have to wear hazmat suits to you know handle their crops and just like it doesn't make sense you know yeah. um, and so this 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 is what blew my mind if we transitioned all of our farms from conventional farming systems to regenerative farming systems we could literally sequester 100% of the carbon emissions produced by humans in a number of years. So we could fight climate change by just changing the way we grow food. And the way we grow food with regenerative ag agriculture makes it more nutritious. It makes it more, you know, delicious. It's like, it, to me, it feels like a no brainer. And so now we're at this place where we're really trying to push that, that forward. And they have ingredients that are starting to come available in the supply chain that are regenerative organic. So my first goal with Tutaloo was to use every single ingredient possible regenerative organic, but the supply chain isn't there yet. Yeah. So what we do, yeah, what we do is we help transition conventional farmers to regenerative farming systems with the goal of eventually being able to pull their ingredients into our, into our supply chain. 
And I'm so excited about this movement. There's a few, uh, quite a few snack brands now that are kind of banding together and jumping on this regenerative train and even like big companies, you know, you're seeing huge, huge companies um, committed to regenerating farmland, which is really beautiful. And, you know, I'm just excited because if it's good for the planet, it's usually good for the human. And if it's good for the human, yeah. it's good for the planet. It's we're all the same. It's an it's a harmonious ecosystem where we are all connected. And I'm just so excited to see that begin, that journey begin. Because once we start healing ourselves with the food that we grow, we heal our planet with the food that we grow, and then everything just elevates. So we're really excited about that. You explain that in such a way that it, I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> Where <laughs> do I sign? Go. You know, where do I sign? Uh, <laughs> I love it. And it's really, it's cool to see that, that very clear connection, very direct connection with the product that you're creating. Um, and, and yeah, the way that you guys are giving back with, uh, with purchases, I think, if you could, we're, we're going to have to close out reasonably soon. Um, I could probably chat about this forever, but if you could talk about kind of your big mission for Toodaloo, um, I think we referenced Patagonia previously as kind of a brand that you look to, um, you know, you really associate Patagonia as a brand with, with a cause. Um, what would that cause be for Toodaloo? I want Toodaloo to be known as the place where anyone can begin their healing journey. And there's a, you know, when you think about Patagonia, you're like, so you're stoked to go climb a mountain. Like I want to elicit that same vibe where people are excited and they're like, there's a lightness to it instead of such a medicinal, like healing and even climate change, all these doomsday topics are so medicinal and they're very hard, almost paralyzing to process. So my goal is that people can come to Tutaloo and they can start healing themselves. And, you know, this is actually really personal for me because when I learned that plant-based nutrition could reverse or prevent congestive heart failure, I think about my, my own dad passing away for like so much earlier than he had to because of his diet. So I think if this could save someone's dad, or if this could save someone else's, you know, son, daughter, family, whoever from living a diseased life, if this is the one piece that gets them on the healing journey so that they have longer to live with their loved ones, longer to live with, you know, the people that they care about, that's like, that means so much to me. And I just, I don't want us to live in a world where our food poisons us and poisons our planet anymore. So I just want Tutaloo to be the first place people go to, to begin their healing journey, because then it's a ripple effect outwards. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> that's so inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. I, 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 I know what it's like to have an addiction to food. I know what it's like because these big, huge companies are hijacking our senses and it's not fair. And someone has, we all have to stand up and make a, make a change. And so this is my first attempt at changing the food system and, and you know I'm not clear I'm not saying trail mix can save the world but I think it can help start the journey of healing ourselves you know amazing I've got a couple of rapid fire questions to go through with you we do these with everyone um, on the pod so if you gained double your budget tomorrow or double the amount of money you're working with tomorrow what would you spend it on oh my gosh currently inventory 
<laughs> um, <laughs> that's like literally the most pending or the most immediate concern after fulfilling sprouts and you know the anticipated growth I would probably buy buy inventory um I would probably say another hire would be great to handle operations and logistics and that kind of thing um, as we scale and then you know maybe throw a little bit more into like marketing some TikTok YouTube you know that kind of thing <laughs> TikTok love it <laughs> Awesome. Um, and what if you lost half your, half your budget? What would you do? Oh man, that is a scary thought. Um, we would certainly have to dial back on quite a few different initiatives, probably have to cut marketing a little bit. Um, yeah, we'd probably have to slow down incoming business. Like I, I, we'd have to actually like make some money off of our current business. And there's the problem of growing too fast, you know, where you can't fulfill yeah. your orders and your foundation is unstable. So I think we'd have to gen genuinely slow down and just perfect the customer, perfect serving our customers as is. Um, yeah. And cool stuff. So obviously Toodaloo is, is very cool. Um, any other brands or products that you've seen on the market that you think like, wow, that they're really doing something different? I think my, my crush, like by like my, yeah. uh, my brand crush is Boonshot Snacks. They make regenerative crackers. Um, they make crackers Ooh, made out of cool. regeneratively sourced wheat and get this, the founder is sensational. Um, her name is Julia Collins and she's starting a platform called planet forward where brands can plug in their entire supply chain, get a carbon assessment. And then she has literally boots on the ground, found farmers that grow a variety of different ingredients regeneratively or like more sustainably and she's plugged them into a platform. And like, if you talk to farmers, they don't do, they don't want to do technology. They're busy farming. So like yeah. they're, they're having a little bit of a, a challenge plugging into this like digital world. And so she's kind of done that. She's found the farmers, plug them in so that if a company has, let's say, I don't know, they're using nuts, for example, they're using nuts that have a really, really high carbon footprint and have a lot of carbon emissions. She's found a supplier or a farmer that can give you nuts that are you know significantly better so she's created that as well as her snack brand so it's just like as well as you know running a full business yeah. you know just <laughs> casual and looking glamorous all the way too <laughs> oh my gosh that's so cool I will have to I will have to check her out um that's amazing and then finally we're gonna wrap up but where can people find you or connect with you and and find your products yeah, you guys can find us at toodaloo.com, um, T-O-O-D-A-L-O-O. -O -O. You can find us on Instagram. I think we have a stronger like presence there, Toodaloo Superfoods. And then we just launched Sprouts. Um, actually, there's no Sprouts in Canada. Or is there Sprouts in Canada? No, not that, okay. I, can, not that I know of. Okay, um, you find us at Summer Hill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of American listeners, so that's all good. Um, they can find you in Sprouts in the U.S.? Yes, you can find us in Sprouts, Erewhon, Central Market, um, a few other boutique shops around, you know, the countries. And um, you can find us on Thrive, Amazon. So we're, we're kind of growing, growing every direction. Love it. And if you are in Toronto... You can get them at Summerhill. I just picked up the cacao version. I'm very excited to try it. 
Katie, this was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, and we'll chat to you soon. Amazing. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in this week. Find us on LinkedIn at Dig Insights. And don't forget to hit subscribe for a weekly dose of fresh content.